Hello and welcome to the C21 podcast. My name's Nico Franks and this week's edition comes from the 30th edition of Cartoon Forum in Toulouse, France. Joining me here for what I'm sure will be an animated discussion, sorry about that, is Dominic Gardner, CEO of Jetpack Distribution in the UK, Talija Klei, Head of Acquisitions and Co-Production at Ketnet in Belgium, Alison Warner, MD of Blue Zoo Rights in the UK, and Genevieve Dexter, CEO of iPresent and Serious Lunch, also in the UK. So, just briefly for those listening who've never been to Cartoon Forum before, it's a three-day event uh, that sees over 80 different animated projects aimed at a range of different audiences, from preschool to school-aged children to young adults to families, pitched to a potential room full of buyers and co-production and distribution partners. It's where shows such as Peppa Pig have been discovered and in total has been responsible for helping to finance almost 800 animated series over the years. What have been some of the highlights for you guys? Hi Nico. Um, I managed to see around about 20 of the, the projects, which is always one of the uh, interesting things with Cartoon Forum. You never get to see all the projects, you get to see the projects you went to see as, as they show three at the same time. Um, and there are a couple of ones that really stand out, stand out for me. I, I enjoyed the, the pitches. Um, probably one of the last ones I just saw was a really entertaining preschool uh, stop frame series called Mitten and Shoe from a UK uh, production company, quite a new company I think, called Martin, Martini. I think I'm not sure I'm getting that right. Let me just have a quick look. It's uh, well, Matinai Animation. Really enjoyed it. Really fun show. Um, very classic preschool. Just ticked every box for what you would want from a preschool show. At the other end of the spectrum, um, and I think this one is probably more controversial, is a series I saw pitch called Sex Symbols. Um, very popular in the room. I think sex always sells, even at Cartoon Forum. People like to show up if there's sex in the title. But the serious aspect of it is it was uh, really an educational series for uh, preteens and teens, uh, understanding all aspects of sex education, how the body works. Uh, and it was a high quality animation, funny, uh, but very graphic. Um, and I think it's a sort of requirement of uh, you know animation to, t to, to be able to portray very graphic issues with the body without it being too um, too yucky because in a cartoon it's better than in real life but it was a lot of fun and I think really valuable for teenagers um, and then I really enjoyed uh, today a show I'm only on the educational bent at the moment I really enjoyed the chemistry series oh uh, Atom Town Atom Town which was um, I'm a bit of a chemistry geek but I just animated periodic table would probably send most people to sleep but they'd done it in a really fun way that actually explained all the elements but, and the characteristics of elements, but for two and three-year-olds, which was uh, fantastic and, and great fun. And that was from Treehouse Republic in Treehouse Ireland. Republic in, in Ireland, and they had a, a, a chemistry expert that, uh, that he showed a demonstration of a book that was chemistry for babies, which is hard to believe, but it's a thing. Uh, and that was really good fun. And I've got others, but I'll, I'll yeah, let so other people move sticking on. Sticking with uh, so sex symbols, so there were a few others who yeah. went to see that. Talija, what did you make I, of it? Yeah, I, I had it too. As you know, we have a, a, a show called the Dr. Bea Show, who is a live action show on uh, sex education. 
And um, what I saw here was it has the same basics, so a lot of humor in it, but the information is correct. And com these two combined for teenagers is very important because it is, it is, it is still a difficult uh, subject to talk about it. And when you put a lot of humor in it without making it ridiculous, then teenagers accept and then the tension to look at a show like that comes down and that makes it um, that makes that for me it was really the good elements without um, without going around but really take the subject it was on menstruation the, the pilot we saw so I really recommend to um, to contact um, the, yeah, the, so the that production was from farm and TV and on productions yeah, in Spain. Yeah, really good. Because yeah. every every year somebody tries to make a series Something, like yeah, that, that's true. and they generally fail. So you yeah. feel that that succeeded? Yeah, yes. it's for the first time. Okay. I, they had already a pilot. Yeah, and and they did a lot of research and they worked together with um, with medicines. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's I think it's gonna work this time. Yeah. I hope it's yeah. Difficult thing. I think Alison, it's well. I was about to say. I think it's um, indicative of the cartoon forum that you can see so many themes that can be addressed. So you can get things like sex education for older kids, or um, I miss seeing it, but the the sports um, presentation, which showed how you know various various sports people perhaps. Um, were being discriminated against and I've heard a lot of good things about that and yet at the same time we can go back to very very young school um, showing friendship or and moving it up through buddy comedies to adventures you know um, huge series based on books so the, the, the breadth of um, the kind of topics that you get here I think is fantastic yeah Genevieve, what were some of your highlights? Well, I, I, I came here thinking I was going to see a lot of steam and digital and comedy series. Um, and what I've actually seen is there's an awful lot of very ambitious storytelling. So there was like Erilan's Adventures, uh, Danger Family, uh, Monster Park, uh, you know, very big stories and, and serials. Um, and so very ambitious storytelling, which I thought was un unusual. And so are those with quite long episodes? Yes. Yeah, not so, not well, your usual 52 times 11? Yeah, some really sort of big story arcs, and that must be in a response to um, SVOD platforms, which now enable that kind of storytelling. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of very high-quality preschool, but all about nature. I think, Dom, you and I were talking about it this morning. Yeah. It, it's like we're turning away from digital. A lot of hedgehogs. Oh, I heard about yeah, hedgehogs. <laughs> the, the, the woodland creatures are hot right now. And as we were saying, maybe the lack of digital or technologically driven storylines may be that writers, producers are trying to take the environment into consideration and making things feel more uh, accessible. And really, I think these days, things like hedgehogs are probably rarer than one could imagine. You never see one in real life, but you see them on at the cartoon forum in sort of every other script. But it's, uh, I think it's, I think it's a interesting side watching trends. Um, there are a couple of trends. Woodland creatures. I think ghosts seem to pop up either as a main theme of the series or supplementary characters that were also ghosts. Um, 
but uh, there was just a couple that we picked up on, I picked up on. I just, I just have one criticism of the whole event, which is otherwise absolutely marvellous, is that I thought the lack of diversity in storytelling um, was quite striking, and that it's not, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, making one or two of your characters a different colour um, is not enough, it's, and it needs to go. Tokenism, really. It, it, it has to go yeah. much deeper than that into the environment. That's my, my only criticism of an otherwise fantastic Glastonbury. I mean, cartoon forum. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's uh, there are there's evidence of hopeful change. I think there was Dimbit, which was uh, pitched earlier today, um, and I think the Ethiopian uh, creator was here to pitch that, and that's a show um, I think being made here by a French production company. Um, but yeah, refreshing to see um, um, a, a person of colour in a main character role as opposed to... But in fact, diversity is not only on colour, person with colour. I think we've, we've been there, put a, a person with a colour into yeah. your animation or into your drama or whatever. It is, the story has to be correct. It has to be integrated, and it's not only for people with color. It's also what for people with a handicap, or people um, of another social background, or people, um, whatever. Everyone is unique, and that's a bit the lack we have because it has to be integrated. If you see a family, the environment, it it is not because you put one man or woman who is black into your background or in you that you are diverse no the storytelling there is the level where diversity must be in and considering there's 80 odd projects you think there would be a bit more variety yeah I mean there was yeah. nothing there that showed children from a deprived childhood or maybe a remote village or anything like that I mean the kids quite often were in a fantastical situation but and then you just look at as you say what their makeup is and it did feel that it was quite generic in a lot of ways. Yeah. When, they, when, I, when I got in the taxi from the airport to here, the taxi driver said, you know, what are you here for? I said, we're here for Cartoon Forum. what do you do? Oh, we pitch all the ideas to Cartoon Forum. He said, oh, my favorite show when I was a kid was called um, the, the Friends Pact. And it was about the, all these uh, children in Algeria who were chimney sweeps, and they'd go out every day and like, earn money being chimney sweeps. And, and, and they, but they'd sleep on the streets. And, and he said that that was his favourite television series in France as a child. Um, and I thought, wow. So why don't we have anything like that now? If that's the sort of if that's the classics, if that's a classic series, and I'd have to look it up. But why don't we have something like that, showing different children's lives and in a different kind of situation? I think following on from the, the big stories and big adventures, I think we're always looking for, I'm always looking for, I'm sure everybody else is, is sort of funny moments. And I think there are two types of funny moments. There's the shows that are funny and then the pitches that are funny. And I felt that this year I went to more funny pitches where the shows probably weren't as funny as I'd hoped. So I was found myself laughing along with the presentations because they were really, you know, great performances from funny people. But I felt that overall, where I was looking for comedy from the scripted aspects of the show, I wasn't uh, overwhelmed. And the, the couple I picked out that I thought were quite good that made me laugh. One was uh, a series from Denmark called Hugo and Holger, um, which 
was actually endorsed by uh, DR. Uh, Jacob Stegelman stood up and, and said, and I wrote this down because I thought it was interesting. One of the reasons they really liked the show is he said it has to be clickbait, which is quite a, uh, you know, a, a sensitive term to use for a show to be clickbait. But he, he was really referring to the design, which is quite outstanding. Uh, and as I think DR are moving more towards the online uh, clicking on series because of the, the picture. As opposed to this, a schedule. As opposed to a schedule and maybe you're promoted through a 30 second promo. This one you're going to click on because you look at the characters and think, oh, that's really cute. Um, so it checked that box. But I think when you watched it as well, it's, a, it's about a boy who has a pet pet elephant but it he he sees it as a dog but it's really an elephant so all the jokes are about the proportion of a, an element an elephant and it, it was really funny and I laughed out loud it was beautifully quite a few, crafted a few times yeah. and I, I just love laughing out loud in the session that always gives big tips for me if I there weren't that many laugh out moments not, not as enough as I'd yeah. like yeah. but yes Hugo and Holger yeah. I was I, I was there and I agree with you yeah. um, I thought that Galaxy Camp as a comedy show felt really funny, you know, you need to read the scripts and things like that, but I like the, the setup for that, um, and you know, in terms of the comedy that could be there. And the Quaquistador, the Book of Tales, that had a couple of laugh-out moments as well. I, I agree, yeah, I, I laughed out, I, I circled the words, I laughed out loud as my sort of, you know, acid test. <laughs> and um, yeah. Um, Quirkistador's Boots and Paws and Monster Park. I had, I was, you yeah. know, had genuine giggles. I don't know if it's a bit tired today, but like me. <laughs> <laughs> you need it on a Wednesday. <laughs> and of course, there's always the ones you can't get round to seeing. So, we were saying earlier, because you do get to see about 20 shows, but then what about all the ones you've missed that everybody comes out going, oh my goodness, have you seen that show? And I think Boots and Paws was one of those ones that I wish I'd been at. That certainly had a good vibe. And how about particular territories and countries that seemed strong this year? Were there any that stood out for you guys? I mean, clearly there's always going to be a lot of emphasis on French shows. You yeah. Know, um, but yeah, they do make up the vast majority. I think it's 20, they have 25 projects yeah. of the 80. And very few UK-based shows. Very few, just a, yeah. I think just a couple from Northern Ireland and one one from England. I think. Mm. Well, Blue Zoo yeah. is actually one of them. But um, yeah. but what I like is seeing um, presentations from people from Croatia and you know other bits of Europe that perhaps aren't featured as regularly. You know, and producing really good stuff as well. And yeah. to lead to the Wallonia Brussels uh, territory yeah. was a, a particular spotlight this year. So yeah, Belgium out here in force. Yeah, there were a lot of Belgian projects um, on the, the French-speaking side then. So uh, only two on the Flemish-speaking side. But even there, you see you see that um, the, the talent in Belgium in Belgium is really growing on both sides of our, of our country. So I think that's good. And uh, yeah, the tribute, the cartoon uh, for producer was a Belgian company, Panic. And RTBF has one, so I think that's a really good thing that they have won uh, the best broadcaster of the year. So yes, there was a lot of, but although that, I think there was a very good balance between countries this year. We saw Ireland, we saw Germany, the Scandinavians, yeah. the Netherlands, I, Belgium, Denmark France, specifically, Denmark, they yeah. had a lot of projects yeah. this year. Italy, uh, Spain, 
So I think there was a, a quite nice um, yeah, diversity in countries. And that lack of UK projects, and uh, it pains me to, uh, to bring it up, but how, to what degree is Brexit a factor in that, do you think? I no idea. I mean, I don't think. Because it, well, it used to be. I mean, between I've been coming since 2012, and I remember, you know, consistently 2012, 13, 14, 15, lots of UK pitches, and some of them, especially in preschool, being among the strongest at the event. And um, I like to think it's just a blip that everybody is making shows rather than developing them right now Maybe in the it's UK. A and and. Let's see what will happen next year at the 31st Cutting Forum, um, and hopefully we'll be, you know, the Brits will be all there, standing strong. Whatever's happened. Yeah, because it shouldn't be forgotten that l loads of animation is obviously still being made in the UK, maybe more than for a long time, and this event is primarily focused on developing. So maybe not quite a luxury, but yeah, it could be the UK producers, as you were saying, Alison, are focusing on the shows that they've, they're producing at the moment. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not the UK one in between us, so perhaps I can say something. Go ahead. <laughs> on, on this, I think it's too early to, 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 to have conclusions on is it the Brexit or not. First of all, at this moment, the Brexit isn't there, so I don't, he will come, perhaps, <laughs> I think. but. Saying that the companies are not coming to present, and that's due to the breakfast, I th uh, Brexit. I'm sorry. I think it's far too early to make this conclusion. I think we have to evaluate this seriously if things are changing, and and then we have to find solutions for it if we have this conclusion. But saying that they, there are not a lot of UK projects due to the Brexit. I don't think that would be correct. I, th I think it's more. To, I think it's more to do with um, probably more to do with business models. In the in the, for example, um, in some countries, it's there's definitely a culture of having big animation studios. You know, and they come like Teamto will present every year, and they're, uh, they're big studios that have big service work as well as. So it's a PR exercise as well as a, a project presentation. And in the UK, we, we don't tend to run big, big service studios. Um, and so there's less of a compulsion on us to use it, Cartoon Forum, as a, as a means of getting our projects funded. Um, I agree. Although this time next year, the Young Adult Content um, Fund will have been up and running for around about 15 months. So. I'm hoping to see a lot of shows in development from that. True. Yeah, I think that's really that's the true. difference. As Genevieve said, the business model, because every country is so different as it comes to uh, what your broadcasters ask, but also the financial models that are possible. Um, you have countries like ours with tax shelter, but half other countries doesn't have. You have countries where you have like the CNC with a lot of money, a lot of support, and, and, and 10 other funds. And there are other countries that doesn't have a financial model like that. So I think that's the, the thing that will make if a company will come out with the projects or not. And this time next year, obviously, uh, in the US at least, we'll have Disney+, Apple TV+, NBC Universal's Peacock, 
and Warner Media's HBO Max, all of which will have content for children, and some of those services uh, might be available elsewhere in Europe by then as well. Um, how do you think those services are going to impact European animation? I don't know, because I think the, pr the problem with all the digital revolution is that people are spending all their money on the on the uh, on the uh, the apps so they're, they're spending it you know like when iPlayer was launched everybody was hoping it would spend much more you know commission more content but actually what's happening is that millions of pounds are going on the actual creation of the of the platform so and the, the apps uh, oh, sorry yes the infrastructure is the word I'm struggling for yeah thank you um, yeah so yeah I, sp I suppose there is that hope that all these services will suddenly start commissioning series for the services themselves and you know Disney Plus for example is working with ZLAM here in France um, it's acquired uh, a BBC studio show internationally um, so yeah to what extent are you, are you betting on, on I, I think I think they are huge investments from those companies in a, entering a highly competitive space where the market leader is exceptional in what they've achieved Netflix uh, to the point that Amazon, their nearest competitor in children, have sort of technically given up uh, competing. So you kind of have to wish Apple and Disney and everybody else, you know, all the best in their attempts. I think they're going to, as American companies, primarily Hollywood-based companies with their headquarters there, they're going to look locally for content stories and that will be building on brands they own. Uh, and then once they've done that, phase two, whenever that is, they may be looking at diversifying, localization. It's the same as pay TV did 20 years ago. They launched in America and then they started looking to tell local stories and we did co-productions. And I think eventually they'll get there. But for the first year or two, I think they'll just exploit their homegrown content. There will be quotas. Um, that, that quotas will be imposed on them and they'll have to fulfill those quotas uh, here in France, for sure. Uh, maybe in other countries and that will open up because I think also audiences will expect to see different diverse storytelling and not just Hollywood storytelling they'll expect to hear um, local accents local voices local situations yeah. I think I think it just offers a lot more choice to the viewers and ultimately you know Disney plus the Netflixes of this world are channels they have become channels I think there was a moment where everybody thought that there could be a lot of sharing that could go on but you know I think for kids to have that choice it's great but obviously if you're a creator of shows you've got to figure out do you want it just to ultimately sit with a Disney Plus or a Netflix or do you want it to go to the public broadcasters um, and different shows will speak to different channels so I think that's how it'll you know down. And to lead you as a public service broadcaster, how much competition are you expecting to face from those services? So in Belgium we are already in a special situation because we are 11 dedicated, children dedicated broadcaster in free broadcasting. So um, and then Netflix and then all the others. So I think we, are, we will have in little Belgium a little bit time before they all get there. That's first of all. But I think the, the competition will be higher and higher, but I'm not so afraid for us as a public broadcaster. I think they will eat themselves. And we will always be the locals who are very, very near to the children, who are in their lives, who has a 360 degree approach with a lot of events near the children. We will always be there for them. 
between them in their world and that will make the difference so i think they will compete each other there so i'm not so afraid um, of what's gonna happen it excites me a bit because it will change again and again and it changes fast but we will see <laughs> okay well i think some of us have flights to catch so we'll have to leave it there uh, but thank you for joining me today and uh, yeah that's all we have time for uh, be sure to stay up to date with all the latest industry developments uh, by following C21 online on Twitter and on mobile. And thanks for listening. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.